Okay, so from Jane Aerith Magnet, we've got Stuff Keeps Moving. I sang uh, that in an S Club 7, like, Stuff Keeps Moving. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? This could be, you know, remember S, the S Club show? Yeah. This could be like a Halloween spin off of that. <gasps> yes. Does anyone in America remember S Club 7? Well, they, they, there was S Club LA. There was they, 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 oh, yeah, they tried to break America with a British TV show that only aired in Britain. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that worked. It made us feel like they'd done well in America, even if America maybe yeah. thought otherwise. <laughs> I I seem to remember that. Yeah, they were they, like it was it was bizarre because they were a very popular pop group. Yeah, and and yet. <laughs> Yes. In the show, I... they were constantly like trying to get famous. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were always trying to get record deals, but they had like an agent, like, and 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 I'm pretty sure that they had a giant house that they all lived in. Like, it, they clearly were they were fine. Like, they were still fine. They never worked a day in their lives, but they were fine. Like, something was going the, well. The thing is, though. They didn't have separate houses. They all lived in yeah, the same house. One so big massive house. It was, like, yeah, they were they were the classic yeah. modern millennial living in a house share. Yeah. Uh, their success, yeah. despite the fact that ten years ago would have been much better, is now not enough. Uh, they live on the gig yeah, economy. They, maybe we could set they it in like a big a big shared house, like a like an S Club esque band of like go-getters that have you know it's s club moved... and they're still there yeah they've moved it's s club now <laughs> that's sad uh, it's s club now and they've they've pulled all their like final bits of money like they're gonna go for it again they want to you and... know they want to become a band again so they've pulled all their money they've bought this big all on one floor seven bedroomed house in la for some the, reason the, the stuff keeps moving reference isn't about physical things that move about it's about how uh times keep changing and they can't stay up to date so they are they have just got into making dubstep but we're like <laughs> 10 years after that being big however i think we're missing out on the point here so i'm gonna start with how the film starts and i'm pretty sure you'll know where it's going okay, right, okay. so we cut to the old s clubhouse in los angeles yes jennifer lawrence and chris Pr chris evans are moving in to this new house um and uh, it's like oh this is a lovely house it's, it's massive it was it's got seven bedrooms <laughs> like, that's, that's way too many bedrooms for for what we need but what a it's surprisingly it's odd number our, of bedrooms it's, yeah, it's within our price range uh, because we're two hollywood film stars <laughs> and we can afford seven seven bedrooms um for, for for however many people we want to stay in but maybe Maybe get uh, Chris Hemsworth and uh, and 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 Chris um, Chris Hardwick. Evans. No, Chris Hardwick. Uh, no. no, oh yeah, no, no Chris Hardwick in there. Um, uh, Chris Evans, Pine. the other one, the, the radio DJ. Christmas. Can't have him. We can't have him. Christmas. Um, <laughs> Christina Aguilera. If, yeah. if, we're, if we're trying to keep everyone problematic out of this, we can't have the other Chris Evans either. Oh crap! No, yeah, yeah. And Chris that, Pine I, I guess is that... fine. Chris, crystals, Chris, a pile Chris, of Chris, crystals, <laughs> a pile of crystal, champagne. And I, I guess that rules Moby out as well, right? Yep. We can't have Moby living there um, because uh, he. Uh, 
<laughs> he prick. insisted that him and Natalie Portman were dating at one point, yeah. even though they weren't. Um, but you could have Moby Dick, yeah. the whale. <laughs> of course. Who, who isn't I don't know. At all? Yeah, as his, his stance know. on whales was, <laughs> was pretty bad. But anyway, so, so they're moving in. They're just hypothetically talking about who they could have uh, sleeping in these other bedrooms in yeah, this, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so in this they're, house. They've got a whiteboard and they're being like, they've got a, a bunch of names, a bunch of Chris's crossed out. Chris yeah. crossed, yeah. if you will. Um, and uh, then, like, they've just, like, got names that they're writing in. Um, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, these are the people we could, ha- we could have over in this house. Yeah. <laughs> why are they all Chris's and why is... Why is Chris... Never mind. Never mind. Um, we've got... Um, we, uh, yeah, we cut to uh, them just living in this house. And it's it's on it's on the sort of Venice Beach coast. I think that's where the S Club series was set, right? Yep. That, sounds, yeah. that sounds right, yeah. Yeah, and then... Somewhere uh, Miami-ish. Yeah, it was probably yeah. filmed in Filey. I mean, they did it on a budget, <laughs> but they made it look like LA. That's a, that's a, cl- a creative colour filter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that video, I think it was like a metronomy video or something like that, where it was shot in Torquay and it looks like somewhere completely different. It's incredible. That's what they did. Um, but uh, they made it look really good. Um, but like, yeah, and so, so they're just sort of living together, Jennifer Lawrence, Chris Evans, and uh, they're happy, and then, and then suddenly they get a phone call from Kate McKinnon, who's their real estate agent. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I sold you the wrong house. <laughs> a pop group died in there in the late 90s. <laughs> and then suddenly all the doors slam. <gasps> and then... Yes. From, from behind a wall. I think before they get this call, like or they just hear someone playing music. It's, it's as if someone's next door playing music, except it is, it's a detached house. Um, yes. And you just hear... <laughs> Where is that music coming from? Says Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> and and um, <laughs> they like when they go to bed, they like they see someone standing above their bed, just going like, "You stopped." You stopped. <laughs> just like us. I like um, Hannah. No, and <laughs> I like the idea that like they they kind of they're clearly like the same like it's the same people like it's S Club but they've got kind of like a mimic thing like from us where like they're just a bit off so like yeah. the way like when they're doing their dance routines and stuff it's just that little bit off like maybe like John keeps turning into a wall instead of spinning on the spa and things like that like there's just something a bit they speak one of them in that singing, weird us voice yeah, like don't stop moving like, one of them singing on like an in breath like it's all just I mean, uh, to be fair, like, um, what's her name? Is it is it Joe, the one that was on Slobby Big Brother? <laughs> she's just herself because she's terrible anyway, a terrible, terrible <laughs> person. Um, so she didn't, she doesn't get twisted in any way because you couldn't yeah. corrupt her anymore. She just looks exactly the same, down to the <laughs> earrings and everything. <laughs> and I think, I think the. Um... Uh, well, in order to kind of like solve the haunt, because always a soul, you always have to either just get out, right, or or solve it in some way. Yeah. You've got to find the truth. Um, I think they have to they have to bring it all back. 
Um, they have to. <laughs> they have to. They have to resurrect S Club Seven. Yes, they have to get them. The they have is, to get them to like number five in the charts or something, like a minimal. Yes. Like it doesn't have to they be. Have top, to break but... They have Finally. to break America. Yeah, they have to break yeah. at least they a certain percentage of America has to jam to them. It's like I do believe in fairies. <laughs> I do, I do. But it's like, re- like bring it all back has to be playing in like a certain percentage of like LA houses. They have to get it on the radio. Is... They have to hack the radio station so it blares out and like takes so over the transmission. So they become their number one. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Oh. The, the thing is, this is all set in a universe in which S Club 7, <laughs> much like in real life, didn't die. <laughs> uh, so S Club 7, they're still around. Like, <laughs> yes. but, this is, but what you're saying is that, that these ghosts are the manifestation of S Club 7's desire to break America. Yeah. Yes. It is very much like us. And at um, one point, at one point, who who did we star in this film? Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Jennifer, Chris Evans. At some point, Jennifer Lawrence phones up Bradley from S Club and says, "We're being haunted by you." And he says, "No, no, you're, no, you're not." They're all on the same phone. I'm I'm too busy. Sorry, I am too busy to haunt anyone. Um, and then and then she's like. She's like, no, seriously, it's you. I'm, I'm looking at a picture of you. I'm looking at the ghost. He's standing there threateningly. Uh, how, like, what, what do I do? The and ghost he's like, well, is just there, like, like shaking its fist. Why, <laughs> Yoda? <laughs> and break dancing a little bit. It's uh, reaching for the stars. That's what, that's what Bradley used to do. Um, yeah. Uh, is he the one yeah. that could do a backflip, or was that? That was a guy from JLS who could do a backflip, yeah, right? Yeah, JLS yeah, did yeah. backflips. It was Bradley did a did a spin, I think. Yes, ah. he always used to do that spin, didn't he? That's true. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> I just love the idea thing. of a sequence in which they phone up steps first, um, <laughs> and then they they phone up uh, phone up hearsay. It's oh, sorry, wrong number. Uh, hearsay yeah, are also haunting a house in the Cotswolds. As Americans, they'd see a lot of like our 90s pop groups as very like, you know, they're all very similar. So they'd keep in like, oh my God, we're being haunted by steps and ring steps up. And it's like, no, oh, oh God, oh, it's, oh, it's Liberty X. Oh God. And like, just keep constantly ringing, <laughs> ringing up the wrong people until they get it. That's how irrelevant they've become in America. Like they're just they're a total unknown. <laughs> So yeah, I think I think that's, uh, that's a good page for stuff. <laughs> stuff keeps moving. Stuff keeps moving, moving. Can you feel the music? I watched I watched like a whole video essay series about Zack Snyder's movies, and um, series fucking hell. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was it, it was about as long as Lindsay Ellis's Transformers one. Um, wow. Yeah, basically, the, what I, the, the the kind of the cliff's notes that I took away from it was that Zack Snyder feels the need to tell everyone that um, we're all dead anyway, uh, and that you 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 gotta just get used to it, uh, and that therefore there's no right or wrong thing you can do, and that men should just be monolithic men and and just be because there's no do or cause to do anything that's his uh oh and that he 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 believes in christian fundamentalism as well that's the other thing oh yeah okay 
Real, real Barry of the Lee there. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be like uh, Ben Shapiro really believes that uh, he loves the word hypothetically. He thinks it's really important <laughs> in the dictionary. And also he's a massive racist and fascist. <laughs> but you know, like... <laughs> He oh, makes good terrible old ben. films as well. Good old Ben Shapiro. <laughs> I hated his Batman film. It was really, really weird. Actually, he's written a book. I think it's Ben Shapiro whose book. Uh, I, I think I was reading excerpts of it to you, and it is, oh, it's really good. It's good, so so bad. It's good. Um, it's it's all about a plucky young intellectual boy at school who befriends some urban youth, and it's just great. <laughs> it's really great. <coughs> Wait, it's a, this is a fiction what? book. I didn't. I, I thought yeah, you were, like. He, I thought this was like a non-fiction, like you know, philosophy. He's done them as well, but no, he, he wrote he wrote, he wrote like a few a, novels. Uh, yeah, and someone found it and, and posted loads of it on online, and it is just and it's it is terribly written as well. It's not just that it's like awful content like it's just <laughs> his whole story structure is like bizarre and like he skates over details so like when he doesn't want to describe someone's job he'll just give them like a really vague job title like a business supervisor or something and it's like what is that what does that mean what does what what possible job is that supervisor of what business it's <laughs> really good want to think about it he just sort of like yeah god this is a this is an yeah. important person because they wear a suit and they yeah. do something clever like business supervisor. They've got God, good, that is very, good job. Very much, just with bad bad writing, really, because I, I I watched all of the Fifty Shades of Grey, and I still don't know what Christian Grey does for a job. <laughs> <laughs> like Sex. I know I know he has a big office, and yeah. he has a company named after him. I do not, for the life of me, know oh. what that company does. He's a business I... supervisor. <laughs> Yeah, he's CEO at business of business. Yeah, I mean, I he's head of the Christian Grey Company. I would also argue that while I understand what Amazon does, I'm not 100 percent sure how Jeff Bezos spends his time. Like, yeah, he's he's incredibly rich, but I, if, you know, I couldn't tell you his daily routine of like what 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 makes you important to this business. Rolling around, I think, is, is is number one on his agenda. Rolling around in money, um, yeah, <laughs> like Scrooge McDuck, like yeah. diving into like loads of coins. <laughs> if no one's doing that, like on the in the like in the penthouse suite of the of the building, then uh, any any business would fall apart. That's fair. <laughs> that is true. Most small businesses fail in their first year. Do you know why? <laughs> <laughs> I um, it's a bit of a tangent, but I would really love to see um, a complete parody of Fifty Shades of Grey, but it's Frank from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh God! God, that would be terrifying. Uh, I like room. Roll one. Cut. Don't touch my toe knife. <laughs> <laughs> We see enough of him naked, like it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's not unthinkable that that will happen in the next season yeah. of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like, don't stare at us like that. This is art. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we're doing haunting episodes, Ooh. haunting episodes, haunting films, haunting yes, episodes, a, a haunting episode. We're gonna do a haunting it. episode. We're doing it. 
a haunting episode about a... haunting films. Okay, yes. so the the episode, this episode itself should haunt you. To the haunt rest of your life. And when we say haunting, as yeah. in like the paranormally ghosty, this is haunted, as opposed to just wow, that was an incredibly chilling <laughs> film. <Haunting laughs> like I was haunted <laughs> by that because of how it affected me. I feel More like, like we can do both. It's haunted. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll try and channel one and if you and can pitch be haunted another. by a film about haunting, then yeah. you know we've that's when we know we've we've succeeded. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's that's where my favourite jokes lie. The one where you laugh, but you're also quite unsettled as well. <laughs> yeah. By, we're, we're in the business. So, uh, of, like, <laughs> That's those are my favourite jokes to write. The, the, uh, the Trent Reznor, the Trent Reznor sort of jokes. <laughs> the, the jokes where you get them but you come back haunted. Yeah, yeah, you came back haunted yeah. like Trent Reznor. <laughs> Gengar reaches for the stars. So haunting, haunting films. Oh, we watched The Grudge that one time. We did. Yes. It was. I remember that. It was alright. And I The think. Shining. I did watch yes. Oh, I that came was to yours and we watched two haunting my, films. My, um, that was when I was doing my uh, spooky film thing last year. And I did another one yeah. this year. But due to how weird this year has been, I've just not been able to keep up with it to the same amount. Yeah. But I did see one of my favourite horror films of all time this year. Oh. The Invitation. The Invitation on Netflix. Never heard it. Okay, I think I've seen that advertised. It's really What's good. It it's um, basically it's about a guy who gets invited to his ex-girlfriend's party, and his ex-girlfriend. Uh, you can't say much about it without spoiling it because the whole thing is watching it all unfold. Yeah. But his ex-girlfriend's gone off on the since they broke up. His ex his ex-wife, I think it actually. I think was, his ex-wife. Yeah, she's got. Has, they've got like a spiritual. She's met a new guy and like they're part of like a spiritual group now and like all their friends are all here for this like reunion party and they're all trying to be normal and uh, and it just goes it's one of those ones where it's like almost the entire film is just suspense like the whole time you're just watching it, you're just like and any minute now something terrible is gonna happen through the whole thing you also because really the main character for a lot of it again I'm being so careful about not spoiling too much but the whole thing is the character doesn't know for certain <laughs> something's off. But, but he acts really cleverly. Yeah, and you get a sense that something's just not quite right, and then it's only in the last, you know, tiny little bit that everything kind of reveals itself. Yeah. Uh, but the whole time, it's just such a different kind of horror movie because through the whole film, you're like, oh, what, what, what is that wrong? Is this a horror or is it just a drama about a yeah. sad man? Because he's um, rea he's reacting yeah. as, as everyone else would. He he'll just be like, why why are you doing yeah. that? Why are you being weird? And they're like, oh, I'm not being weird. And he's like, oh, yeah. right, okay, maybe I overreacted. So he's acting like you, like anyone would in that situation. Like he's noticing things that aren't right. Yeah. But also you can't just stand up and go, I think I'm about to be killed or haunted. I'm leaving right now. So it's like, yeah, we really enjoy <laughs> that. It's, it's like ga either. kind of gaslighting. Yeah. Yes. That sounds super like Midsummer. Yes, yes, it's really it's like Midsummer. Midsummer. I mean, there's a lot less like pube drinking in it. I think uh, I none, think, in fact. I think it's it's like, <laughs> if, if you like. Oh if, well, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Good day, sir. I mean, the whole thing because my only thing with Midsummer is almost immediately 
you know something's unusual but in midsummer it's like is it unusual because it's a different culture or is it unusual because this is yeah <laughs> this shouldn't be legally allowed in any society but in this one because it's set yeah. in the same country it's that kind of thing of like mm. it, it it's played a lot softer than midsummer so the tension builds a lot yeah. slower okay have to give this a watch then. Yeah, I like, really enjoy it. I love the slow burn of Midsummer, and if if it even if it's even slower than that, I think I'll enjoy it. Yeah, yeah I would oh, I would oh, say oh, at, at a certain point you think you've been Tom, tricked, Tom, Tom, and Tom. actually nothing is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's like, bye. I'm going to watch it now. Oh my god! I got a shirt. That is amazing. <laughs> oh, it's gone. With Florence Pugh's happy face on it <laughs> <laughs> oh god out of context that looks so weird <laughs> it's just sad just a sad girl I've wanted to work a few times and everyone's been like what the fuck is that <laughs> <laughs> oh it's great it's look, Midsommar is a so, film that I've enjoyed the most without understanding it yeah I had no idea what was going on <laughs> yeah mm. Yeah, it's like me, me and me and Chad went to see it at the cinema, and it was like the like I was I was talking about this yesterday actually. Like we went to see it, and it was one of those films that you can't really process it until about two hours after it's finished. So it was like the the last screening we sort of went out, walked out of the cinema, and was like, I'm going this way, going this way. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> like we didn't talk about it afterwards. We yeah. just walked out of the cinema and went separate ways. Like, yeah, man. I. It, it took so me like good. twelve hours to process it. Like literally, <laughs> I like I didn't speak for the next twelve hours, and I'm not exaggerating there. I literally didn't speak. Jenny was like, "Do you want to talk about it?" I was like, "Not really." No. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, I weirdly, almost conversely, I think that I understood Midsummer. And hated watching it. Like I <laughs> yeah. got it, thought it was amazing, and hated it. Um, yeah, it is. That's exactly it. It was like because it was one of those where I kept being like, "Wow, that's so clever the way they've done that." Also, I'm being sick in my own hands. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I really, I think it's incredible how they made me sick in my own hands. I was, I was, too far. I was fine till the bear. I think the bear tipped me over the edge. To be fair, I was when it's human life. I was like understandable, but when it was a bear, I was like, "Come on, a bear, a bear, a bear! Come on, There's all these people, one bear. This is, this is so unnecessary." I just but think it's it's. The thing I really like that really um, made me like viscerally react to it is the the indoctrination of it. How yeah. it uses horror tropes <sighs> to lure you into the logic of the society. Um, yeah. So you know, in in horror, like we justify people's deaths because they did some small affront to our logic right they are too promiscuous yeah. Yeah. or whatever right like that's the that's the cabin in the woods thesis right yeah yes. and yeah. then so midsummer applies the cabin in the woods thesis and says i'm gonna use horror tropes these small affronts to a, a society that isn't your own to not only make you dislike the people who have only done small affronts small transgressions but also, you you're going to try to you're going to be indoctrinated into this society and this level of these people's uh, specific kind of morality by the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like with him, it's like 
I don't think it's great that the like the cult, as it were, kill people. But I did think he still deserved it because he was yeah. such a dick. So I was like, hmm, hmm. Can two wrongs make a right? I don't know. Maybe yeah. she does look nice in that flowery hat. So I guess maybe <laughs> it could be maybe not floral. I don't know. Ooh. Exactly. You want Florence Pugh's character so, to 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 be happy and to find her place so much <laughs> yeah. that you you forgive a society for murdering people. People. Yeah, and yeah. you yeah. would do it. Like you, you would be there, and that's indoctrination. That's what I is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And so, like, it's like I, I'm, I'm there, like screaming at everyone, like, no, it's not good that these people are dying, and everyone's like, no, it is. It's fine. It's fine. It's good. <laughs> like, it's I, I, I think for, for me, it's it's super cathartic. Like I've talked about this before on the show. It's like being on the receiving end of a relationship in which someone clearly wants to break up with you mm. and you are not sure where they stand on that mm. and they're too sort of I would say weak to sort of break up with you and they just sort of keep on going even though they're not happy Yeah, uh, and that's just making you unhappy and unsettling and everything like that yeah. just being just watching her smile might be one of the most cathartic things I think I've ever seen yeah. in cinema for me uh, personally it's <laughs> that kind like... of trope isn't it like <laughs> the because if you look at it from like the lad's perspective you've got their friend with like the like like Scott Pilgrim like he's dating that mm. younger girl and then she keeps turning up and being annoying at gigs and like oh uh, and like he you know yeah. the audience really sympathizes with him because he's got this annoying girlfriend it's like whereas on the flip side he actually is just like a dick with dickhead friends and so her <laughs> yeah. going through grief and he's just like oh grief that's annoying you're so annoying stupid woman uh have sex with me so yeah like it's it's such a great it's just him being on fire. Really good. Maybe that's yeah. how Scott Pilgrim should have ended. <laughs> <laughs> I would, to, to be honest, I think I would prefer Scott Pilgrim if that's how it ended. Yeah, um, just, he has to atone for his sins in the in the firehouse. <laughs> I'll teach you. Yeah. I'm, Scott Pilgrim I'm actually, to the sins of the firehouse is yeah. an amazing sequel. <laughs> I'm actually more invested in uh, killing Scott Pilgrim in the firehouse than I am Christian from Midsummer. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, because because Christian at least has had the story told of how bad he is from the perspective yeah. of how bad he is, so everyone knows how bad he is. Whereas yeah. Scott Pilgr Pilgrim needs taking off his pedestal. He doesn't yeah. get it. He learns nothing. He literally learns. Yeah. He learns that he should maybe be less of a dick to women in public so they can see, but like doesn't yeah. actually learn like a valuable lesson. He still he still just sees dyed hair and gets a little boner. Like that's the film. Like that's the entire <laughs> film. He's such a douche. Burn <laughs> him. Haunt Scott Pilgrim. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Haunt okay, Scott Pilgrim. Great. So. Um, <laughs> I have a theory. So the uh, the Christopher Robin film, um, in which Christopher Robin is a terrible <laughs> the human. The of Christopher Robin. I really wanted the end of that film to escalate, where it turns out that the 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 animals from the Hundred Acre Woods uh, are these like vengeful spirits, and they're like friendly <laughs> spirits in the beginning when he's a child, but by the end, yeah. his constant like 
deflection of their want for affection. They're just like, okay, get in the firehouse. <laughs> I'm going to burn your house down and kill everyone you love. Is that how Deep all in the hundred movies... acre woods. <laughs> is that how all haunting movies are going to end now? Is that is that like no yeah. matter what no matter what kind of haunting it is, no matter what the symbolism uh, of of the of the vengeful spirit, yeah. the firehouse will always be there. Get in the firehouse. Get in the kiln. <laughs> Get, in. Get in. The kiln. Get out the kiln and into the firehouse. That's the rule. Every that eighty song. <laughs> Get out of my kiln. <laughs> and into my firehouse. <laughs> beep beep. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, dear. Every woods has a giant yellow pyramid in it. <laughs> somewhere, some, somewhere, somewhere, you just you just well, stumble across, and then you realise it's your time. In a, like, in oh, a hundred shit. acre <laughs> as well, you're gonna find a firehouse somewhere, right? Yeah, that's it's pretty big. Hundred acres, it's huge. More than enough to situate a firehouse. If not, <laughs> if not, like you know, it's. I mean. Eeyore's, Eeyore's hut's already halfway there, you know, sticks stacked <gasps> oh up like God. a fireplace. Yes, and it keeps falling down because it's not his time. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, I think I think I, I I like to think that Eeyore would be the arbitrator of the firehouse towards the end. You know? <laughs> like, he's he's been trying Guess to build it because he's, he's he's getting it ready. He's getting it ready for whoever needs needs yeah. to be haunted. Keep an eye. Keep an eye. <laughs> Oh, oh piglet. We've got to go burning again. <laughs> Do you think so in that in that movie I haven't seen the Christopher Robin movie. Um and you don't need garbage. I'm I'm assuming he's got a similar th- a vibe to sort of uh Robin Williams at the start of Hook where he's just he's not good it's, with his kids. Yeah. He's yeah. focused yeah. on business. He's like He's distant. Oh my god, is the Christopher Robin movie just Hook? <laughs> yeah, except, except so in Hook, there's like a really key point where like Robin Williams comes over to the right side. Yeah. Whereas for way too much of the movie, Christopher Robin's like, part. no, fuck you, Winnie the Pooh. Like he's, mind, he's actively resistant to any childlike spirit. Bearing <laughs> in mind, the worst thing about the Christopher Robin film, so in Hook there's like an element of perhaps he's forgot the magic of imagination and like oh, all that kind of stuff but in 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 the original winnie the pooh story it's it, it's it, he's playing with his stuffed toys and that's how they come to life that has always been canon right from the beginning no 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 no, not in this film in this film they live through a magic door in the woods they're stuffed toys that live and breathe regardless of whether he's there how would you forget <laughs> that how would you forget that that was true i know i've ranted about this before but like <laughs> so this is the place to goes, do it he goes yeah. to war right okay fine he goes to the war <laughs> and somehow has such a bad wartime that he then forgets that through a small hole in a tree, fully alive animated stuffed toys of his exist. And when he meets them again, he's like, I hate you now. Like he he literally is like, you are are annoying, you are a knob. And it takes him so long to find the magic again. And I was like, why why did you make why did you make this film why would you go do you know what's a lovely partnership chris robin and winnie the pooh what if hear me out one of them becomes haunted by the war and is a dick and that's the film that's the <laughs> film. there's no joy in it like hook like he doesn't 
The whole discovery of his childhood again happens maybe ten minutes before the end when they and nearly even, get hit by a car. Like even that's it. like even before in Hook, even before he comes across and and be- fully believes, he he plays along for a long while mainly because he goes into that world so it's not Mm. like he's not having to live the rest of his life he's been sucked away into this mystical world and so he's like oh I'm a bit confused but obviously this must be real whereas for so much Chris Robin he's just been followed around by Winnie the Pooh and he just keeps turning to him being like fuck you (laughs) you little shit Winnie the Pooh is still trying (laughs) to play his part as well as though like he's like oh what if what if we got a balloon and Chris Robin was like you don't need a balloon you fucking idiot you need a balloon and he's like oh okay oh sorry oh I thought maybe we could get a balloon like we used to and he's like I went to war fuck off and it's so joyless like it's like the new open all hours where like Granville has grown up to become like Arkwright for no reason like he's just become the same and you're like why would that would never happen that's never deep cuts in here (laughs) my two my two points of culture old sitcoms of Winnie the Pooh and he's just, and you just go, no, there's no way that, like, there's no way that a child who spent his days playing in the woods with his soft toys would just grow up and be like, I hope my, like, he mentioned something like he wants his daughter to grow up and have a briefcase and a job. And they're all like, oh, a briefcase, that's so sad. And he's like, no, she needs to learn the ways of work. And she's like eight. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? There are children crying. It's like a, it's like a 90 minute film as well. Like, yeah. it's, so much. It's, <laughs> it's a full hour and a half film about an angry Tory uh, oh. hating a bear. Like, it is so like, bad. And because it's voice playing as well. You have a portal in your hand. Literally, and he, and he forgets. He totally forgets, and he's like, "Oh yeah." Anyway, and it's like, no, 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 no. It, it's not about rediscovering your childhood. It's about remembering that other world that you literally <laughs> lived in that you managed to keep a secret. And the worst thing is, like, I mean, most of the voices are terrible because they're not, you know, they're voiced by random people. Peter but like, Capaldi voices rabbit, and for it's example, unnecessary. But like what? the the guy that do, I know, but the guy that does Winnie the Pooh's voice in pretty much every single one except the very very original. So that makes it so much more canon. So it's like when he's going. Oh, sorry, Chris Robin. I didn't mean to trouble you with my presence. It's in his voice, and you're just like, why? Which is like stamping on Mickey Mouse's face. Like it's just the worst possible film That's ever. So it's my it's my number one horror film. I think it's, it's my number bell. one haunting film. When you were talking about open all hours for a bit there, I was like, <laughs> what would be the American equivalent of that? And then I and then I just randomly just thought of. Oh yeah, it's like that episode of Frasier where Joey from Friends turns up and <laughs> Frasier's like, I want uh, I wanna do some hijinks, Joey. Let's let's go out and and, and chat up some women. Yeah. And Joey's like, No, Frasier, I was in the war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that's exactly it's like if you did a friend say they did a friends. 50 years on or something, or like they did a or like friends in the retirement home. And like Rachel was like talking about the short skirts of the nurses and oh you know that's so not prim and proper and like Monica was just pooing herself and not caring that it was messy and Joey was just like I'm a grumpy old goose and it's like Ross believes that dinosaurs were left by God to deceive us it's just like you've taken their exact specific character and then you've gone oh let's add a bunch of years 
and and now they're just a radically a radically different person like Rupert the Bear grew up and now he's like a lawyer um, who gets a real kick out of getting criminals off and he you know and he snorts crack and just has a different woman every night and you're like why 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 did this edgy retelling of a child of classic Paddington Paddington Bear buys into uh, companies that burn down the Amazon rainforest yeah yeah. he actively goes to Peru to kick his aunt in the face and just be like fuck you this is in the name of progress and you just look and you go this was made by Disney (laughs) you put put their name on it in this this, I mean like in this um, like it's weird people attaching Edge to uh, those Disney franchises isn't it like I mean, in the in the, in the case of the Friends, that we the reboot of Friends we're talking about, obviously Phoebe is still uh, a, a ray of sunshine, and everyone just slings abuse at her. Yeah, um, yeah. They finally <laughs> tell her what she needs also, to hear. <laughs> for instance, uh, what is it? Finding Mr. Banks. At least is it finding yes. saving Mr. Saving Banks? Saving Mr. Banks. At <laughs> least finding that, him. At least that right didn't. Um, it was finding Neverland was the other one. Um, uh, saving Mr. Banks at least didn't have the words Mary Poppins in it. Yes. Right? Yeah. So it, it, it was about point... the creation. And yeah. honestly, it's even though it's it's technically a factual film, even though they do kind of like make the end very Disney, I really enjoyed it. And I like the other one, the goodbye Christopher Robin one about the real Christopher Robin and A.A. Milne growing up. I mean that's really sad in places because it like it and it's based on like the real story. But there's like a jo- like like in the Saving Mr. Banks where like you know little jokes about like she doesn't like made up words so they have to hide the super fragile casualistic bit behind you know she doesn't find out and stuff like that. So like even though they're dealing with like someone's beloved film and actually you're finding out the gritty truth behind it, at least Emma Thompson's there to to be funny like. Ewan McGregor plays Christopher Robin one of my favourite actors ever his lovely little face is there and he's literally kicking my bear in the face like he's literally shitting it, on everything it's, it's, it's like Disney saw um, a r- robot chicken bit about Winnie the Pooh and went yeah that but a film yeah, it's like if South Park made a Winnie the Pooh film, they were like, "Oh, wouldn't it be so funny if we would if we just like blew his head off?" Ha ha ha! Oh, maybe Christopher Robin has to go to the war, and oh, that's Winnie really, watches oh, him have sex. Yeah, Winnie poos himself. Oh, great! Oh, take that, children who still like these things. things. Don't happen in the film. We should clarify. They happened in here. They happened in my. This heart. might be slander now. Like, maybe, maybe that this is it though. Maybe these movies you know Finding Neverland Saving Mr. Banks like the uh, Christopher Robin movie maybe they're made for people who uh, feel like that who feel like they are they have to justify away their childhood joy yes Mm. as though like it's like if to- like when Toy Story 3 came out and there were like elements of it that I- when I watched it I was like this is way sadder than I ever remember any Toy Story film being but maybe there is actually a market for this idea of like people that think oh you should grow up after a certain point so yeah there's this weird kind of catharsis of been like haha once I would have wanted Woody to succeed but now I'm delighted he's in an oven about to melt or whatever <laughs> like that that'll be the end to- Toy I'm Story finally 3 a man. does it in a really he does it in a really good way though because comparatively like, yeah the toys get passed on and mm. it's sort of like a hopeful hopeful sort of 
regeneration almost of yeah so, so obviously they could just go on and make toy story 4 which is arguably the worst one but and it's more oh, realistic yeah, like as well isn't it like the, the with winnie the pooh winnie lives in another dimension right yes like yes he's he you could keep him there forever and like you can always go back whereas with toy story when andy goes off to college he has to figure out whether he's physically taking his massive box of toys or not. And the answer, of course, is no. And what's so terrible as well, and okay, maybe I'm approaching this from someone who still has like her original bear and used to give rocks names and would cry if she lost them. But the idea that at the very least you like, you wouldn't, even if you maybe wouldn't even take Woody to college with you, the idea that you'd just be kind of fairly blasé about what happened to him and then like he just gives it to some random girl and I'm like I just feel like what's the message here like that Toy Story 4 not only should you grow up but you should also not be sentimental either like don't even have memories of your childhood like make sure that's all gone like you'll never you'll never fully mature into an adult unless you wipe the slate clean I think my worry is is there's still like rife opportunities for like more of these like really downtrodden uh, long after sequels to films like yeah. you know the brave little mm. toaster goes to the scrapyard <laughs> Wallace Berry <laughs> Wallace Berry's oh, grommet God. like <laughs> this is it is because it's like because the, the thing with okay maybe I know too much about Winnie the Pooh but there are in the original film and in the original book there's elements of him doing more grown up things so like he goes to school and the, the like the toys kind of have to you know it, like it's almost like imagine like what they do and they think he needs rescuing but he comes back every day and he's like i can still play i just have to go to school and it's like there's no reason to age him up like we've not set him in this particular all these things are still happening in his head like all the adventures he has with one of the Pooh and all the things they say it's all implied that this is just him, you know, making them talk to each other. Like, the, maybe the only gritty reboot should be when he's in, like, an old people's home and he's still doing it. And they're like, ah, oh, good old Mr. Robin in bed three still making that bear talk to that tiger again. That's really weird. Because, like, it all exists in his head. There's no reason to be like, what happened to the bear when he went to the war? It sat there. It was in the room. It was fine. <laughs> it didn't, he didn't need to. They kept, like, there's scenes in it where he's at the war and then it hard cuts to like Pooh and Piglet sat at a table looking at his empty chair looking at the door that he doesn't come through because he's at the wall why? 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 like it's bad enough that at Toy Story like at least you can think oh cute the toys all play together when you're out the room but yeah. surely the concept with Winnie the Pooh is that they don't they don't do anything unless he's there playing with them why have we given them life and left them abandoned yeah. them while he goes to fight it's just the concept of it is like it's so menacing. It's so, it's so like, unnecessarily <laughs> menacing. We, like, I, I feel like what we need, really, if we're going to do a gritty reboot of Winnie, Winnie the Pooh, what we need is for uh, us to recognise that these are aspects of his psyche. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And as he neglects those when he goes to war, they need to be twisted against him. Uh, and yes. they need to become vengeful in a <laughs> in a way um, that, that that like he has to work out. He it helps him them being like trying to get him is a manifestation of his PTSD. 
Um, and yes. there, and when he eventually reconciles with Winnie the shit, which is what we'll call him, um, <laughs> that's how you know it's adult. Winnie the shit. <laughs> yeah, he's because because the other the problem is, of course, that you know if it, if you call it Christopher Robin, kids are going to eventually see it. Mum's going to be like, oh, it's a Christopher Robin movie. That's what's on TV. Let's watch it. <laughs> yeah. But like you know, oh, Mama can't sleep. Well, there's Christopher Robin movies on. No, <laughs> Winnie the shit. Now Winnie that is going to make sure that everyone knows what they're in for. I'm now, I'm now imagining um, that scene from Train Spotting with the baby on the ceiling, but the baby is Winnie the Pooh. Um. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Instead of "Oh bother," he just says, "Oh, oh fuck." <laughs> Oh bother! Christopher Robin's oh, doing heroin. <laughs> Time to get the thumb screws. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think I think we've talked too much about yeah, Winnie the sorry. Pooh for this some reason in this in this haunting in this haunting episode. Um, so let's uh, let's get on with the show. Um, I, so let's. Sorry, Tom. Let's I. Just saying, I, I I brought up uh, I brought up Winnie the shit just so that I could name the deleted scenes Winnie the shit. Nice. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> Hello, just want to say thank you for listening to the Lives of Pitch deleted scenes. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, maybe consider sharing it with your friends on social media, by word of mouth, anywhere really. Maybe put it onto a, a thumb drive and just throw it at someone. And maybe even reviewing it on wherever you got it. If you find it somewhere on iTunes or Acast or wherever, maybe review it there. Five stars, thumbs up, give everyone the heads up. Like I said before, thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye.